I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Hey everybody, welcome back to Sweet, the Ladies Guide to Bro Culture Season 2. We're doing the Fast and Furious Super Fest and we are way in the trenches now. All right, we have gone through the introductions, we have gone through the digressions, and now we are back today for the big reunion. Dom and and the Buster are back together at last, finally, in Fast and Furious from 2009, the fourth film in the Fast and Furious franchise. And it is... Yeah, it's okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it's fine. Um, released in 2019, it, it, was a, it was a big financial hit, I think... Uh, I remember anecdotally uh, in the theaters watching the trailer and when the Fast and Furious music kicked in, I remember the bros in the audience just cheered. They was, there was like an eruption of cheers and then Paul Walker's face showed up and then they were, they were, they were ecstatic. I could not believe that there, you know, it's been eight years since these two had been reunited and like apparently America wanted it. Uh, however, Nathan Lee from the New York Times was not as convinced. He says, uh, the example of pre-summer pop diversion will be best appreciated by future audiences flabbergasted by its unabashed revelry in fossil fuel consumption. That's, that's a lot of words to say not much, Nathan Lee, but he gave it 1.5 out of 5 stars back in the day. However, Dustin Thompson of the Washington Post says the reunion is fun and frantic, like the original on Double Nitro, uh, according to Rotten Tomatoes, it scored a 39% fresh, which is not fresh at all. That is a rotten film. Um, yeah, and so we're here to talk about Fast and Furious, the, the fourth entry in the series. And today we have uh, some lovely guests, including our first-time initiate. And I, and I got to say, just uh, talking to her before the show, that... Uh, her response, not to spoil it, has been surprisingly warm for the fourth film in a nine-entry series that she has not seen second one of 
She is the producer of one of my favorite shows of all time, Adult Sex Education at the Caveat uh, Comedy Club here in New York City. Say hello to Danny Faith Leonard. Hi. Hi, Danny. How are you today? I'm really good. I am... I was I was surprisingly having a great time last night watching this movie. I didn't think I was going to enjoy it as much as I did. I mean, that's good news. I I definitely, you know, want people to feel like they, um, you know, they are not wasting their time. I've I've had a lot of varied reactions to the films we've talked about on this show. (laughs) Always happy when someone actually enjoys uh, their time with it. It's 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 nice. And like I, I really love this series. I'm not a huge fan of this particular film, but I'm I did find I liked it better than when I saw it back in 09. Uh, but uh, before we get too far into that, I want to introduce our designated apologist uh, for this film. She is a regular on the New York City comedy scene. Say hello, please, to Allison Klemp. Hello. Hi, Allison. So. You rewatched it. How do you feel about Fast and Furious? Just, just off top, real quick. We'll get a little deeper in just a sec. Um, yeah, I mean, thoroughly enjoyable movie. I think as long as you don't go into it with like Oscar level expectations, oh, it not. is a like fully fantastic time. <laughs> One hundred and seven minutes of pure adrenaline joy. Yes. All right. So, uh, Fast and Furious. Okay, let's let's do a little recap of where we're at in 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 the series now. Des- uh, dedicated viewers of the franchise will know that the the chronology in this series is extraordinarily complicated. This is the fourth film in the franchise. However, within the chronology of the film series, it falls before the third film. All right. This gets very complicated. <laughs> Danny, you're going to need to listen very closely. Now, you you may remember in, in the opening scenes uh, where where Dom Toretto is talking to Han, the the, the handsome uh, Korean gentleman. And um, he says, I think I'm going to go to Tokyo. Well, unfortunately, Han goes to Tokyo in the third entry in the series and has apparently been there quite a while because he's, he's thoroughly in bed with the Yakuza at that point <laughs> and gets himself killed in a car accident. But not to spoil it, that car accident was actually engineered by the villain of... I believe the seventh film, Deckard Shaw, played by Jason Statham. But then we find in the eighth film that he was actually uh, blackmailed and controlled into killing uh, Han by the legendary super hacker and uh, villain of the eighth film, Cypher, played by the statuesque Oscar winner, Charlize Theron. It's an example of what you might run into. Uh, in in the rest of the series, so they didn't have a writers' room breaking the series. No, they, I think <laughs> they I think me? they didn't even realize they were making sequels until like <laughs> until they found out they were profitable. I mean, nothing makes sense in this in this series, and that's why we love it. I was under the impression that it was like a whole cinematic universe. It is kind of Marvel. like a cinematic universe, and it's grown and it's, it has now spinoffs. It has it. There's a cartoon coming out next year about like young. Yes, there is. It's like Toretto's little brother is apparently the star of a of a cartoon on Netflix coming out, I believe. I read that last night and Vin Diesel's daughter is voicing the main female character in the series. Oh, that's wonderful. That's great. That's wonderful. <laughs> uh, to get back to, to the film itself. So what happens in Fast and Furious? Uh, we open with we open with Brian O'Connor, the hero of the first two films. He has been reinstated 
and is now working for the FBI, and he is attempting to bring down the drug cartel. And um, I want to call the guy Salazar only because that's the that seems to be the name of every like I believe the name, the name was Braga Braga, Braga. Yeah. yeah that's the other cartel the other cartel uh, head name in in all action films. So I may call this guy Salazar. I mean Braga. I just want to tell you that right off top. Uh, he's he's there to track down Braga. Nobody knows who Braga is, but Braga employs street racers to to run his drugs across the border into Mexico, and he is uh, recruiting from the street racer community. And we come to learn that Letty, uh, the girlfriend of of Dominic Toretto, has been killed in the course of running drugs across the border. But she's secretly working for for Brian O'Connor in like in the attempt to bring Dom Toretto back to the states. Whom, if you remember, has been on the run since the first part. Oh my God, this series is entirely mind-blowingly complicated. <laughs> for a movie that is eighty-five percent cars, um, and that's the setting. And then Toretto shows up for the funeral. He reunites uh, with with Brian. There is tension because Brian was a cop, as revealed at the end of the of the first film, but yet they, they want to find and take revenge on Braga for the death of Letty. Although, spoiler alert, she's not really dead because she has amnesia and she will return uh, after part <laughs> six. It gets it gets deep in Fast and Furious land. Who did uh, they bury? They, I think That's they a just, great question. <laughs> I, I believe that is answered in the sixth part. I, I'm not exactly sure. It may have been the casket full of rocks for all we know. But um, but she has amnesia. We'll, we'll, you'll find out in part six how it all works out. I haven't actually seen it since it came out, and I'll, I'll be watching it in the next couple of weeks. Um, and then so they so they go through the audition race, and they get uh, put onto Braga's drug running team, and uh, they infiltrate and start running drugs. And then Vin Diesel blows it all up by uh, attempting to kill the guy who killed Letty. And then they steal the drugs that, uh, that that Braga was trying to run across the border, I'm supposing. And then, you know, action, blah, 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 cars, boom, bang, boom. And then at the <laughs> end, uh, everyone is free to go about their lives. Uh, except, no, that's not true at all. Because uh, Vin goes back to prison and then it ends on them breaking, uh, attempting to break Vin out of the prison bus, which is how part five opens. If you're dying to find out what happens next, Danny. <laughs> All right, that is a dying. mouthful. <laughs> um, Danny Faith Leonard, please give me your uh, please give me your first impressions of the Fast and Furious series, specifically Fast and Furious, the fourth part. Okay, so I I really enjoyed the movie, but I have this ability to enjoy something that I also mm -hmm. objectively know isn't very good. Um, so I, mean, I that's, that's the entire point of this podcast. <laughs> so I really enjoyed it. Um, but I, so in addition to being a comedian, I produce movies Oh, and I've cool. produced about 10 independent films, but which it. obviously have much, much smaller budgets than <laughs> yeah. this movie. But I, I kind of watch everything with that eye also and think about how it was made and also like what that leaves behind. Mm -hmm. And um, a couple of years ago, I was in a different part of California than this was shot in making a film. And there is a place 
called the Dunes National Park. And underneath yes. the Dunes National Park is where they buried the set of the Ten Commandments. Oh, and wonderful. yes, because Cecil B. DeMille made the Ten Commandments twice. And when yeah. he made the first movie, he didn't feel like breaking down the set. So he just buried it in the sand because he was lazy. Um, this, is, this is a true story. And so I always think about like what's going to happen generations from now when they find ancient Egypt in California. Yeah. So when I was watching this movie, I was like, what would people think about us? If they found like the caves that they drove the cars through and the oil tankers that they blew up while they were making this movie. <laughs> and I feel like it would paint a very interesting picture of like what was going on in our culture in 2009. Because it fe even though this was released in 2009, mm -hmm. I watched it and it looks like it was a lifetime ago. It, yeah. yeah, it does. It, Partially because of the tech that they use in the movie. Yeah, it's that's like, very true. Yeah. <laughs> like original Max. <laughs> like, yes, it, it's amazing how fast a 10-year-old film that was state-of-the-art gets really fucking dated really fast. They're like, we're waiting on a fax. And it's like, it is 2009. <laughs> You're the FBI. <laughs> like, yeah. what? You have email. <laughs> iPhones have been out for two years, you guys. Like, get, get, get over this fax nonsense. Yeah. So I I was left feeling like it like is a very different i feel like we have a very different culture now than we did mm -hmm. just 10 years ago and i i think this movie would have been absolutely destroyed if it came out now i mean the films are not that different i <laughs> really not <laughs> i guess so there's i think to this day there's still a random shot of like two attractive women making out for no particular reason in every fast and the furious film oh. i i <laughs> I mean that's canon. Yeah, that, that 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 has to go in there. Uh they really went for it in this one. I think they had like five women making out on two different couches this time. Like like they yeah. really wanted to go for it. They really wanted to go big this time because they were coming back hard uh after they sure Tokyo did. Drift. Also Gal Gadot's character is yeah. the one for me it as stands out as like a a female character that is like just in service of a man. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And it does not get any better. Um, <laughs> oh, you can be an empowered woman in a sheer tank top with no bra. Okay? Absolutely. Absolutely. I I was just watching uh, all four of these. And um, Ava Mendez in Too Fast, Too Furious is the most ridiculous character. Because she's, she's like an undercover drug lord cop. But she walks around in like, in like a little tiny cutoff t-shirt for the entire film and or or a bikini and like and just randomly gets kidnapped at the end and pouts for like the last 10 minutes of the film so yeah not really not really known for it's it's like it's um woke treatment of, of women this series but what's <laughs> not past the Bechdel test no absolutely not absolutely not uh but Danny talk talk to us a little bit about what happens in the film itself like do you have questions? These these films are torturously complicated, and I think you may think you know what's going on, but in fact, it's much more complicated than you might think. Sure. I feel like I learned a lot during your intro. <clears throat> yeah. Um, Didn't realize that Han, this guy you no, saw no, for no, five no, seconds, that. is like the linchpin of the entire chronology of the film. No, I wouldn't have known. Um, I also, I think I was a little confused in the beginning, like obviously there's the, a really fun sequence because a movie like this has to start with a fun sequence. Yeah. And I guess they're stealing oil tankers. Um, but I was confused about what you do with an oil tanker once you steal it. 
Uh, Good question. That was <laughs> power up your sweet ride. Yeah, Sorry. gas is that, gold, baby. Well, yeah, liquid gold. Liquid they gold. called it liquid yeah. gold. I was I was confused about that. Um, I was also like very confused about the like sudden shift once they were done stealing new oil tankers. It seemed like they were super done. Like it was just like a one time job. Right. And, yeah, they all uh, had to, they all had to leave the country very quickly. Right. Because the heat was coming down on Toretto. Right. The yes. Heat. The heat. Um, no, they were in the Dominican Republic yes. when that happened. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> Absolutely. And they had yes. to somehow, for some reason, go to Mexico to get away from the heat. I think the relationships between all of the characters like took mm-hmm. a little bit to figure out. I was sure. like, this is... Dom is a man who's very close with his sister. Like there's like some like sexual energy between them. As someone who hadn't seen the first movies, I was like, "Is that your sister? What's happening here?" Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I've never... and then if you think about kind of how similar they make Michelle Rodriguez and Jordana Brewster look, it's like yeah, oh, that's maybe that, that, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and like everyone is just like everyone in, in the film series is very pretty and they wear very little clothes and they're always kind of sweaty and they always talk really close to each other. So there is like this weird sexual tension and that's definitely sexual tension is 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 the is the engine that the fast and the furious franchise runs on it's personally and it you'll find when you watch more of these films if you choose to that if it, it morphs into homoerotic sexual tension between all of the men in the series like it this is kind of the end of like the straightness of this of this series not that this is a extremely straight movie super straight no i feel like this is maybe the beginning of the homoerotic yeah there were like some longing glances between dom and brian from the i thought they were gonna make out from the the first film they're like get in let's go Thelma and louise's hummer over yeah (laughs) yeah i mean from the first film they're like they're they're like practically like making out with each other um but it it gets gayer and gayer (laughs) and by the time hobbs and shaw comes out it's basically porn it's basically gay porn with explosions all right, uh, Allison Klemp, you are you're you're a you're a fan of the franchise, is that correct? Yes, you could say that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So you uh, so you rewatched uh, Fast and Furious. Give give us your uh, first impressions of the film on the rewatch. Uh, on the rewatch, I mean, yeah, just super fun to start off. Um, not a lot of explanation as to what's going on. You're also like, wait, do I want them to steal this gas? Because I feel like. Like they didn't really clarify like if the guy trucking the gas was like a bad guy. So it's like, all right, they're just yeah. they're just stealing. They're just fucking up this guy's life and like maybe going to kill him. It's, just so it's interesting. It's interesting. I I had that same reaction like cuz like by the time you get into the later films, like they do a lot of like justifying the criminal behavior. They're always taking on like international syndicates and like it's okay that they blow up half the city because it's in the service of a greater good, but they start off as a bunch of guys stealing DVD players. Like, that's how the series starts right. off. So, like, four, they're kind of, like... They're, stepping up their game. They're stepping up their game, and they're, they're still kind of criminal, but they're also transitioning toward, like, bringing down the cartel. So it's this weird... Yeah. It's this weird, like, schizophrenic quality to this film. Yeah, I also, I feel like, maybe should mention that I did total a car drag racing when I was 17 years old, which may or may not have something to do with my <laughs> affinity Ooh. for this series. Um, like that could be me. I could, yeah, that could have been me. <laughs> Just had to soup up that Nissan Altima a little bit more, and I could have been right nice. there with those guys. Nice, ten second car. Love, yeah. love it. Um, yeah, I I enjoy that they don't tell you um, like how much time has passed. They're like in the beginning, they're kind of jumping from like Dominican Republic to Panama to Mexico to yeah. L.A. And it's just like, is there time passing between any of this? We don't need to know. 
it's very much a <laughs> need to know basis with this film. So yeah, um, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, always great to see Paul Walker on screen. Honestly, haven't um, rewatched any of the Fast and Furious movies since The Fate of the Furious came out. Um, so that was like, I was like, oh my God, he's so beautiful. Why is he gone from us? Um, you know, I, I, that was the one problem I, I had. Like, like these movies are cheesy as fuck and, and they're gay and I love making fun of them and I love to watch them. But it is kind of sad to watch Paul Walker in these because he did... He did die young, and he did he died in a car crash, which is like even it, like even sadder that we're watching him, you know, fling these cars around, and like he yeah. passed away in this. And I, 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 I was worried that was gonna like dampen dampen my like enjoyment of the films, but like it hasn't. I'm just, I'm you know, I'm happy to see you know Paul. He was he was a, he was a he was a lovely boy, he was yeah. a lovely boy, yeah. and I I did I have enjoyed watching him. Um, he died doing what he loved. He died doing what he loved. Yeah, we are going to jump into a clip. It is the original theatrical trailer of uh, Fast and Furious coming up. Right here, the audience just goes fucking nuts, and every man in the room just jizzes his shorts immediately. You here to take me in, O'Connor? Hell no. She's my friend, too. I'm going with you. I ain't coming back. This is where my jurisdiction ends. And this is where mine begins. What's this stop someone from telling them you're a cop? The same thing that's keeping me from telling them why you're really here. A lot has changed. You're right. New model, original parts. I liked that. We are back from the theatrical trailer to Fast and Furious 2009. And uh, yeah, Danny, you were saying power lines from Vin all throughout the movie felt like it was like a trailer. Every line he was saying. Yes, every line in the movie that he says is a line from a trailer. Absolutely. Which is the which is basically his entire character throughout all of the films. He's he is the man that speaks the theme exclusively like that's all he does and i love him for it if i was going to watch it back again which probably won't 
Um, I, I, I love his entrance lines. Like whenever he walks into a room, he like has to say something, which is not real life. That's not how real life works. So like, I like right in the beginning of the movie, I laughed because he walks up to Michelle Rodriguez on the beach and he goes, there she is. <laughs> and I just think that that's so funny. But I think it says, like, I wonder if that says something about him as a person or just this character where they write specifically where, like, like he just is can't be comfortable in silence and he has to say something so profound that it could be in a trailer. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's the character. and But I also think that Dom Toretto is the perfect distillation of Vin Diesel. I think that there's not a lot of distance between <laughs> how Vin Diesel sees himself and how he's portrayed on in this film series. Now he he's probably a huge dork because he's into like Dungeons and Dragons and all this stuff in real life, but like I'm sure he sees himself as the cool guy that always has like the perfect line for all occasions. I mean, you don't give yourself a name like Vin Diesel yeah. <laughs> if you have a low like self-confidence. Right. When your name is, right. I think his name is something like Marvin Sheffield or something like, like, yeah. like his real name. <laughs> He's like, no, I'm going to get Vin, like the car number. And then I'll do yeah. all these car movies figured out my whole career. And like diesel, like the truck. So I'm like, I'm like a car truck kind of thing. It's like yeah. he created I, his whole persona for the purpose of making this franchise. Yeah. But he was already called Vin Diesel years before this movie. So like, I think, I think he felt that he was born. He was born to play this he, role. He's born. To, he was, he was, Yes, absolutely. Everything quarter happens mile for a reason. time. Like, yeah. Exactly. You can't give yourself a stage name like Vin Diesel and then not work out. Absolutely. Of course. Like yeah. he, yeah. It, he was choosing a persona, and, and then like that's a difficult persona to and keep up. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. And We've never seen a ninety-year-old named Vin Diesel, but we're going <laughs> we, to one day, we are, and it's going to be interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. like that, uh, like in the credits, you know, and it's less like assistant, like to Mr. Walker, assistant to Mr. Diesel. And I just like to imagine <laughs> that like, he like, like people have to call him Mr. Diesel <laughs> on yeah. set, which is just like, I don't know how you would like keep a straight your face. your coffee, Mr. Diesel. <laughs> I would love to be that assistant <laughs> just for a day. Right. I don't want to actually Absolutely. be an assistant. Absolutely. Oh, Mr. Diesel. Mr. Diesel. We have, some, we have we have your guest. No, I'm no. sorry. No, please, Mr. Diesel is my father. Yes. <laughs> Call me Vin. <laughs> I don't know if you remember, but right around the same time, the Final Destination films were coming out, mm. and they had so it was Final Destination two and three and whatever, and then they brought back the franchise right around this time, and they called it the Final Destination. So for some <laughs> reason, around 2009, it was the time of adding or removing definite articles from your. <laughs> from your sequel titles. I don't know why that was happening then, but that was the thing that they did. Drop the the. Drop the the or add the the. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's It's very much a like, uh, I'm not plagiarizing this paper kind yeah. of move. <laughs> exactly. It's totally different. I do really enjoy um, when Dom became a uh, like CSI medium, I guess. <laughs> and they just like, take me right. to the crash. Yeah, yeah, it's also right. like, I guess it's been like probably weeks <laughs> since yeah, she yeah. actually died, like four days max, I guess, if it was like a really quick turnaround on that funeral. Yeah. And then just like, like no, he, no, no wind has blown away that trace type, of- He knew the type of fuel or whatever it was. Yeah. One person he's a He's a chemist. Yeah. All of a sudden he picks up a, like a powder from the ground. And he's like, I know exactly I know what, what this is, is and where it came from. I know what this is. This is that one guy in all of Los Angeles that has this. 
<laughs> and therefore, he is the one that works for the cart the cartel. And he's right, of course, because he's he's Vin. Right. Yeah. He's, he's Toretto. He he knows this stuff. It's one of these movies that just, it's best not to think too hard. Don't worry, <laughs> your pretty little head. Basically, is what the film is telling all of us. But um, all right, Danny and and Allison, both of you, let's let's talk a little bit about um, what this film tells us about male relationships, because basically. There's two things that you'll come away with in this franchise. Not so much in this one because the characters are more fractured. Um, they do talk a lot about family in this series. It becomes like the, the linchpin of all of this, in addition to Han being a time traveler. Uh, <laughs> two very important things you must know. Uh, but what I think this film, what this series has always been about is like, kind of an idealized version of how men see their friendships like they they're always on a mission and like thing and like there's like a lot of unspoken bonds and there's a lot of like firm handshakes going on and like manly stares and like i i think that i think that men see themselves this way like i, I work in the tech industry and like i've been in it for a long time and you know pre and post transition and like Guys take themselves this seriously for the stupidest of things. They they really do. They really think everything's a life and death thing, and like they're they're going to war constantly. Um, have you what what's been your experience just observing men relating to other men, Danny, and how it might and how maybe this informs that or or doesn't at all? I maybe I'm wrong. I was actually reading a recent study and I yeah. I would have to find it again to find the exact numbers but it was a large percentage of men consider themselves to have no friends like yeah, not a single I, I've close heard that friend too. yeah so I think like maybe this series is sort of what men wish they had I think so I think that this is definitely like I absolutely and I think that's why I think that's why you know that community is built around these films especially over or all over the world these, these movies are even bigger overseas versus like superman or something like that because these mm. these films are about male friendships and male relationships and i think i think men they want that i think they want to have buddies yeah <laughs> our producer kate is, yeah. is <laughs> frowning right now because <laughs> men just men just want buddies and they don't have it in, as adults you don't it's hard to make friendships for anyone as an adult but i yeah. think men especially because they're so closed up emotionally taught yeah. to be closed up emotionally that's hard for them to make friends yeah i feel like most men that like when i think of male friendships i think of like like i feel like a lot of guys at least in my experience like remain friends with the same guys that they were friends with like their whole childhood absolutely you know, like yeah. they don't whereas like i feel like women will kind of like outgrow each other or like shift and kind of adjust their friendships a lot of times based on like how they're growing as people right and then like men will just like no we've been friends since we were five so we're just still friends and they're like oh yeah he's a terrible person and he does all these things that i don't agree with but, but he's, my, he's my friend yeah he's my friend and we've been <laughs> hanging out for this long so i'm not gonna you know and I think it, yeah, yeah and i think it has something to do with like yeah of course like toxic masculinity and like feeling like you can't really be vulnerable with like a new man that's entered your life you know yeah i i no i i definitely feel that you know when i was hanging out with men more often because i after I transitioned, I made friends so quickly mm. with like women in the comedy community. And I had so few friends when I was living uh, as a man in the independent film community because, and like my one close friend was a guy I went to high school with mm. and that I'd known since, you know, we were 15 years old. 
And my other close friend was another guy that I went to high school with that just happened to move to L.A. too, who I've known since I was 16 years old. And then I made like zero friends. But now I have like dozens of friends and all these amazing women are in my life. And like we and we do sometimes outgrow each other. But yeah, that that was the impression I got by watching this film in particular was that um, men just have a hard time making buds. Mm -hmm. We have a hard time, you know, getting to know each other. And this movie gives them a crucible to go through like they're they're here for revenge and like yeah then like then they <laughs> then they can bond right for as like, much like toxic masculinity that's in this film there's also a lot of men showing feelings there which is. is there's a lot of feels it's an emotional all of these tour films. de forest from yes. vin diesel <laughs> oh Absolutely. i mean yeah <laughs> when, he, when he was like in the club and he like laughed and his laugh is just like <laughs> <laughs> It's just like, there's that range, baby. Yeah, there it is. I like the part where he's asked what, you know, what he likes in a woman. And he's like, eyes. <laughs> the eyes that talk to you. It's like very, everything's just like very basic with this oh, guy. Yeah. All right. But he did not say a single physical. I mean, eyes are just physical, but he was like talking about like right. the inner person. Right, right. Eyes that could see you through know. the bullshit. No, I was like, but my nipples are down here. Yeah, I, I know. Like. She's like, you didn't scrub me at all. Um, I just, me. I think that there were a lot of, there were a lot of feelings and sometimes the way that they show them are misguided mm -hmm. in the way that we're used to seeing, like, you know, being upset or hurt at s something that someone did and then punching them in the face instead of, you know, yeah, sure. using your words. Of course. Yeah. But there's still, still dudes. Yeah. Yeah. There's still dudes, but they, but they do show a lot of emotion. I, I actually think like in, in some ways the character relationships in these films are more advanced than the men you see in other kind of action movies. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that is, that is the appeal of these films. I think is that they, they are. They grow into a family. They start as a team. If you remember Allison from the first film, they're like, "It's a team. I don't care." That's what that's what Vin says. But by the eighth film, there he's like, "I got family," and like <laughs> referring to his his crew. And like we're seeing, it's interesting seeing like the the progression from that sort of like criminal like loose confederation to this like family of like superheroes that they that they eventually end up as and this we're now in the middle of that like evolution and like they're just learning to like have emotions in this film which is what i i feel is fucking fascinating um <laughs> all right you did mention a scene and i i'm actually about to play it so i'm glad you i'm glad we've already slated it this is the scene uh where um where toretto encounters uh gal gadot's character and tells her what he looks for in a woman and it is something. All right, <laughs> coming up. Something interests you about this car? Just admiring the body work. Are you one of those boys who prefers cars to women? I'm one of those boys that appreciates a fine body regardless of the make. Your car? It's Phoenix's car. You'll meet him at the rendezvous. He'll be leaving you. So now that I know you're tasting cars, tell me, what about your women? Well, it starts with the eyes. <laughs> She's got to have those kind of eyes that can look right through the bullshit to the good in someone. 
20% angel, 80% devil. Down to earth. Ain't afraid to get a little engine grease under her fingernails. We just watched uh, 80% Devil, uh, 20% Angel, the scene from Fast and Furious where, where uh, Vin talks about what he looks for in a woman. But before we get to that, let, let's talk about his first line where he's like, I'm a fan regardless of the body or something to that effect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a that's a pretty, that's Very a pretty, yeah. Pro. <laughs> a pretty open statement there it's pretty open to interpretation that's true he doesn't judge you know (laughs) no i uh dom is you know open to all shapes and sizes that's what that's what he's saying as long as it's a fine body as long as a fine body he's he's open to it he's open whatever it says he's he appreciates a fine that got me a little that got me a little warm that got me a little warm yeah he's a feminist (laughs) i think not just that but i i think he's just i think he's what he's saying is that he's 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 a little bit pan and i'm I'm here for it i'm here for it (laughs) and he's um you know it's like a very very honorable you know because i feel like in a lot of action movies it's like oh yeah i'm mourning my dead girlfriend but i'm gonna still fuck this girl who's in front of me like literally begging for it (laughs) yeah well yeah (laughs) not saying the scene is perfect by by no means but like um but yeah, I like because this film, these films in general, and they get gayer as they go on. They're full of like context like that, where where they'll say lines that are just they feel loaded with with queerness, and that was one that like definitely felt like a very very gay line to me. And I am yeah. I am here for it. I mean, I feel like that could definitely be part of the plot in the sixteenth installment. Of yes, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, Allison. You you come from you said you, you crashed your car at, at seventeen is that right yeah so you kind of come uh, you know usually when when girls go through that sort of thing that that kind of usually denotes there's some kind of like male influence is that am I am I reading that correctly you were reading that very correctly okay yeah so tell yeah. us a little bit more about that and how it might or might not relate to what shit Dom was slinging about how those guys see women what they're looking for I didn't I never really felt like oh I'm I'm Letty or anything but. I guess maybe subconsciously, like when I was in high school, um, all of my guy friends were very into like their cars and they would like raise them. And I was, I didn't get my license until late cause I have really strict parents. Um, but yeah, so I was always like kind of on the outskirts of this environment. I lived, I grew up in, I went to high school in Vegas for the record. So I feel like kind of similar vibes to oh that's that is fascinating by the way i i yes high school (laughs) in vegas sounds that sounds like that sounds like a a movie all by itself i think you two should like get together and develop that but yeah and so um like i finally got my license and i was like yes i'm gonna be just like one of the guys and i'm gonna show all y'all about my skills that i just somehow magically have even though i have very little experience driving um so i was like going home from like wherever i was and i was like i have 15 minutes left on my curfew i'm gonna call up my buddy josh who lives 
just down the way and challenge him to a race and I lost and then I I'm in Aries and I was like this is not acceptable rematch <laughs> um, and he won that one too because I um I had a prior engagement with a tree <laughs> and a light pole Ooh, nice nice <laughs> so um you know that it, that should have been probably the lesson of like maybe just don't try to do everything your friends are doing I feel like was supposed to be the lesson of the universe but um it might have taken me a little bit longer to like fully fully come to that realization but yeah it was just like very much the energy of really just like all the guys that I knew it was just like my manhood is my car this is an extension of my penis you know <laughs> and this is my worth so when, when I was a when I was a senior in high school I I drove a police cruiser oh uh, it was a decommissioned police cruiser with uh with the v8 engine it was a it was ugly. It looked like an old man car, but it, it could haul some fucking ass. And oh like, my God. and we would race through neighborhoods like like assholes. And I and I would often win um, because you know I I had this giant engine in my car, and like that's kind of what like not so much this film, but other films early in the series kind of reminded me of. And I just to like kind of go off what Allison was saying, the stupid shit you do when you're a teenager and you have testosterone in your orbit. Uh, we were taking this turn that overlooked a railroad crossing and then it, it bounced. So there was a little bit of a ramp there. Uh, and then it was over a crossroad. Like it was over like, like a, like a stoplight. Mm. So you basically ramped over an active stoplight when you were going through the stupidest fucking thing I could imagine. <laughs> and I was going with the police cruiser and with my friends and we took that turn and then we hit that ramp so fast that we actually hit the stoplight with the roof of the car. Wow. And then the, I, that destroyed the car. I mean, like, it, it it landed, we were fine, but, like, it did not run after that. Like, it, yeah. it's like the car was dead. Um, and that's how you destroy a police cruiser. And that's how you destroy a police cruiser. Cars are not as uh, durable as these films would lead you to believe. Oh, my God, no. Oh, yeah, that was that's yeah. another thing that I was finding hard to believe in watching it. I was like, what? Like, where are the dents? Where, where are, are the, the dents? Yeah. yeah. And like, why is it so shiny? And like, who can afford to, who can afford to destroy like, between twenty and a hundred thousand dollars worth of car and not care about it. Like what what planet do these films <laughs> exist on where you can where you can cause that much financial property damage and be like, ah, fuck it, whatever. Carrying on. I was like, imagine like the car insurance bill they must have like racked up. It's like, I'm sorry, you have what kind of make? You yeah. have you have oh, you have a nitro methane tank? That's gonna be extra <laughs> yeah. for the monthly premium. Sorry. All right, we're running a little low on time. I do wanna play one more clip. Um from the film and then we'll get some final thoughts from from Danny and Allison this has been fast and furious and we're going to uh, the next clip we're going to be is that is the emotional climax of the film it's called she did it for you and boy did uh, she ever yes this is this is where it mm. all comes down to here it comes fast and furious she did it for you scene hey Don what are you going to tell me Don what are you doing what are you going to tell me you're running that here
did it for you, Tom! She did it for you! Betty came to me to clear your name in exchange for bringing down Braga. <laughs> she just wanted you to come home! Not gay at all. Yeah. <laughs> Not a yeah. bit. Uh, uh, I know uh. how to stop you. I'll just wrap my legs around your neck. <laughs> Can I just say that Paul Walker's beautiful, beautiful face got punched so many times, at least twenty times. Yeah. There's no blood, no bruises, no swelling. Vin Diesel yeah. is either not as strong as he looks, <laughs> or Paul Walker has a reinforced face. Yeah. Or he missed every yeah. single time. Or, or, or he was just not actually punching. Oh my god! Yeah. Uh, Don't, well, they have like a. It's like in their contract, like not to have any, not to get their face messed up. Of course, yeah. Yeah. Because that's you know that's the money maker. Absolutely. No, that that. Yeah, that was a gay scene. That was pretty gay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of grappling and a lot of grunting going on. Can I just say that every time they find a phone in an evidence bag in a movie or a TV show, that phone still has juice. And my battery runs out on my phone every single day. And I want to understand yeah. why this could be the case. Well, this was the era of flip phones <laughs> in which our batteries lasted much longer. Like, I remember when I had That's a flip true. phone, oh, like that true. baby would last for like three days without a charge. True, but, true, true. Yeah, it takes yeah. so much more. I'm, I'm still, I feel like a little confused as to how him calling her from the cell phone clued him in. Put it all together. Yeah. We, we, let's, like she let's, would have had his number probably. Let's not forget before. that, you know, Dom is a psychic in this film. He was, right, he yes, was yes. able oh, to yeah, crack yeah, the yeah. case. Car crash medium. Yes. He car crash medium. <laughs> so <laughs> we've already established that Dom has, he is, he is gifted. He yes. is gifted with, with the sight. And let's, that, I think that's all we need to know. Han's a time traveler. Dom, Dom is psychic. This is this is canon in the Fast and Furious yeah. franchise. Another takeaway I have from this scene and a few others uh, when I was watching it last night is how important the score is in this movie. Mm. And if you yeah. were to watch this without the dramatic music, because their expressions are so hard to decipher sometimes, I don't know that we would know how the characters are feeling without the music, and I think it would be a very awkward movie to watch. It absolutely would be. All right, we are running out of time. Uh, Danny, give us your final thoughts on Fast and Furious and how you feel about the franchise in general, and maybe just dudes oh, okay. along with it. Um, or so I think based on the popularity of this movie, I can tell that dudes really want to watch things about dudes being friends with each other mm -hmm. and loyalty and um you know probably like some pent-up gay energy oh, yeah. um so i i i really do feel like this franchise has a place in the american film canon <laughs> <laughs> and I, I might watch more of them I like I'll, I'll go see new ones i highly recommend uh fast five okay it is the beginning of the true soul of this franchise and my what i believe the, the best film in the franchise uh, and it also introduces the rock so if you want your like man candy that's 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 the that's the entry for you uh allison your final thoughts on the rewatch um i feel like 
Yeah, I mean, a beautiful love story between two men. Absolutely. Um, and I feel like um, also, which is really kind of um, more subtle, but the I don't know their names, but the two Dominican guys who, for some reason, always ride together. That one oh, guy doesn't yes, have a car. Those I guess. Two guys, yeah. But like, they're always either. like they have like they're clearly very close, and like they kind yeah. of bicker like a married couple, and it's yes. just like you know, it's very like cute little subplot would totally watch a spinoff of Absolutely. them, you know, but it's like, they have like clearly a good, nice relationship. And, um, you know, it's like a good example of like, you know, learning to trust, you know, cause like there's a huge journey from the beginning of the movie yeah. to the end. And like when they're like taking down Braga and then just like having this unspoken psychic bond where they're like, we both know what's up and now we're going to act on it. Um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, if you, are interested in trying to reclaim the soul of our nation, you know, maybe you could watch this film. It's a good place to start. Uh, I agree. And, you know, I think also, like, uh, probably should have gotten uh, more credit for the bailout of the auto industry, you know, because they really were championing a lot of American-made cars in that film. And, you know, this yes, was American right around the time of they... the recession. It was a very difficult time in America and, uh, you know, probably really helped, I think. I so. think so. They really love American <laughs> Muscle Detroit, guys. <laughs> Get that Ford Grand Torino. <laughs> All right, Danny Faith Leonard, it's been a great time. Uh, why don't you tell everyone uh, listening where they can find you and what you'll be up to uh, in the coming uh, weeks, months, etc. Sure. You can follow me on Twitter or Instagram. I'm at Danny F. Leonard. Uh, Leonard spelled like the man's name. And um, I am taking a short break from my live show, Adult Sex Ed, but we'll be back in January at Caveat in New York City and also adding some dates in LA and other places. Oh, so um, you should definitely come check that out. Love it. And Allison Clem, tell everyone where they can find you and what you'll be up to. Uh, you can follow me on social media at Allison Clemp, Allison with one L. And I also have a podcast called The Tableverse. It's an RPG live action pod, which is very fun and character based. Uh, so please listen to that. And I also have a new monthly stand up show called Stand Up 2020. It's going to be its first Fridays at the pit at 730 and uh, we're raising money for um, organizations like Swing Left, Spread the Vote, Project ID, and registering people to vote at the show as well. Wonderful. So please check that out. We'll be running the show until the election, which may be our last. Yeah, I, <laughs> it, you never know. You never. Know. It, it feels like it could be. Uh, and as always, my name is Gina Bloom. You can find me on, on all social media at Gina Bloom, J-E-E-N-A-B-L-O-O-M. And you can listen to the second season of Sweet, the Ladies' Guide to Bro Culture, right here on the More Banana Network. Thank you, you guys. This has been uh, a lovely time. And to all of my listeners that are 80% devil and 20% angel, <laughs> just, uh, you know, just keep on trucking, I guess. Uh, thank you, guys. Have a good day.